0: welcome everyone for this ninth episode of the friendly expert talks we're streaming this live now on twitter linkedin and youtube and we are also recording this for our podcast on spotify and apple and just as a reminder we're why we're doing this we do this to inspire this generation of web 3 builders with great stories by great minds and you can ask your questions and comments so you can comment in linkedin or on linkedin on youtube and also on twitter and we'll we'll see those questions popping up here and then john will give his best answers. So I want to introduce you and welcome John Jordan, a blockchain gaming expert. John, I will pick your brain on everything related to blockchain gaming today. And I know you've been in this space for a long time with a really interesting vision uh, on where this space is going. And we had a few talks in the past in uh, different panels on blockchain gaming so now i think that the seats have changed and i'm going to be interviewing you now um so can you give a short introduction about yourself about your background in life and in crypto
1: Hi yeah yeah. thanks for inviting me on the show yes so uh i've been engaged now for over 20 years um doing different things during that time on the media side um so a lot of sort of writing about sort of business and tech um co-founded a media company, um a Gamer. So did a lot of stuff in mobile free-to-play. Uh and then uh t- start of 2018 was, was when I uh, fell fell down that hole. So um that's I guess broadly where a lot of the gaming stuff sort of started happening on Ethereum. So that was sort of the era of so, Kitties. And then ever since then, I've just sort of been curious about all, all this being launched to so sort of obviously sort of play a lot of these games and, and try and understand, you know, why why some work and why some don't work and um Obviously, 2021, we've seen uh, an enormous acceleration. Whether it's sort of mass adoption or not, um, it's uh, up for up for discussion. I, I always get a bit nervous when you're the expert. <laughs> you know, you have to be quite humble that um, you know everything changes so fast that that kind of what you knew uh, today is not necessarily very useful tomorrow.
0: <laughs> Yeah, this, and, and everything is going very fast, and yeah, you're definitely one of the biggest experts that we follow in the, in the blockchain gaming scene. Um, I, I see that your connection is not super super stable, so I don't know if in the, the meantime we can we can tweak a little things to get um this voice coming, uh, in trade, but um yeah, if you if, if you can do something about connection, I don't know if it's gonna work. I don't know if it's if it's on my end uh, or if the listener is gonna experience the same thing. Um, but yeah, let, let's continue the conversation um john if you hear me fine what um what blockchain games you liked um how, how much time every day do you have to, uh, to 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 play those games do you still have time
1: um i mean one thing i do think with with blockchain games is is they yeah you know, they are sort of different in the sense that they are you know they're not sort of games that you sort of play like you would play Kind of call of duty or something you know or league of legends so they're not sort of necessarily games where you sort of go in and you know you have this sort of twitch gaming experience that you have to sort of play for you know 20 minutes or half an hour or something so a lot of the stuff with blockchain games i think is um, there is a sort of game play element to it but then there's a lot of sort of meta around it which may be um, stuff around i don't know restaking tokens or or sort of trading nfts or things like that so i wouldn't say i spend a lot of time um sort of actively playing in terms of doing the basic gameplay thing. So even, even with something like Splinterlands, which I guess is the best example where, you know, a, a match in Splinterlands takes about, you know, two or three minutes. Um, so I might do like a play, a few sort of matches of that a day, but, m- m- you know, I, what I'm equally doing is sort of looking at, at sort of the trading that's going on with the NFTs and, and looking at sort of, um, sort of restaking things and, and that sort of thing. So, so you know, yeah, broadly from a gaming point of view, I don't play, you know i don't spend hours gaming every day but i do spend sort of hours looking at sort of these things and looking at what the NFT drops are and and um, um that sort of thing so so i just think it's sort of you know i think as games have continued over it's when i was a kid basically all you did was play the game and then you know suddenly when free to play mobile came in you were doing something different with free to play mobile you you know there was a game but there's also you know the rise of things like idle gamers where you sort of played and then went away and came back again so so games as experiences i think have got to become very more sort of um sort of um sort of less concentrated i think you know in, in how you do them and i think you know the other thing about blockchain is you have people who game for in different ways so some people sort of game say for Axe infinity some people sort of game to get sort of tokens and some people sort of then, man, you know, manage people who are doing you know, the scholarship thing. And then some people sort of own NFTs and participate in the community at a sort of high level. Um, and, and one of the interesting things I think about blockchain games is they sort of allow these different sort of roles within a sort of gaming community. Whereas previously you basically sort of played the game and that was all you did.
0: Makes sense. Awesome. Yeah, um, totally. And, and and I think what I play or the game that I interact with is like Avogadro. And, and, and indeed, it's like a few minutes a day um by petting your gachi mm. and then you can play mini games as well if you want um so indeed it's it's different Um, talk about the traditional games and the blockchain games the question that you often ask in, 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 in that you often ask in your panels is uh will traditional game developers enter the blockchain space and what is their biggest hurdle at the moment hmm.
1: <laughs> well i guess I guess to an extent we're sort of seeing that now with, um, with particularly with Ubisoft over the mm-hmm. last little, um, sort of week or so. I mean, I think, I, I think you know, my, my sort of long term view is over the next ten years, um, pretty much, or well, the majority of games I think will use blockchain for something. Um, it may not, they may not all have uh, tokens. They may not even all have NFTs. But I think they will use blockchain for. Um, some elements um, of of what they're doing um you know to that degree it's a little bit like you know every game now uses uses some online capability but that doesn't mean all games um, are now sort of multiplayer games uh, but they all use the internet for something and most of them are have some sort of um multiplayer component so I think that's what happens over over the next ten years but I think there are some very different um, ways in which games use blockchain so at the moment most of the games we see, know a very sort of blockchain um heavy they sort of come from crypto enthusiasts and they tend to be bigger on the sort of blockchain side of things than on the gaming side of things that's that's just how um those teams have developed those products and also it takes you know it takes probably well, it takes at least a year i think to make a a good game and probably a couple of years to make a really good game Mm -hmm. um so we haven't really had teams who have had the time or the or the sort of resources. To actually make really good games, so at the moment the games tend to be more sort of blockchain crypto um, heavy. Obviously, what we're seeing now is sort of the first wave of of traditional um, sort of game companies like Ubisoft. You know, they're not going to make a full on blockchain game, but what they're doing is they're adding NFTs to existing products. And that's the easiest thing to do. That's sort of you know NFTs are sort of the low hanging fruit there. Um, but as you sort of see, you do you do come you do end up potentially causing problems with with that community so you know the ghost recon community it looks like are not particularly some of them at least are not particularly happy about nfts even though you're basically getting them for free you're not even buying them basically you know Ubisoft is giving you nfts for free um but you have this sort of clash there and i think that, that's the biggest problem for, for traditional game developers is particularly if they're trying to bring blockchain and integrate with existing ip then obviously you have existing community which 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 you know i'm sure some of them will you know come to love it but at the moment you know it seems to be a, you know a, i think a small minority who have who, who are fairly active um against it and so you sort of have an interesting sort of situation there where you're trying to sort of um encourage people or, or persuade people of the benefits of blockchain which i think are definitely there um, but they those games have not had blockchain in so i still think probably for the next sort of six months or so the you know the the momentum is really with the people who are kind of sort of coming from the blockchain side of things, where they've made blockchain first sort of products, and they it's all original content. So you know Axie and Splinterlands and, and Alien Worlds and all these other alluvium, all these other games that you know they are games created for the blockchain. So there's no audience backlash that it's on the blockchain because it's <laughs> the reason it exists is is on the blockchain. So I think that that's the sort of big challenge for traditional games companies is sort of how they and bring what is a very different sort of technical very different technology and and obviously one that has other implications in terms of sort of um you know sort of potentially climate change um potentially things like kind of real real world value financial value how you can combine that with with sort of products that have um in many cases been around for a number of years and haven't had any of those sort of sort of, sort of any of those features before so um i think it there'll be definitely be some learning pains there um, as Ubisoft is, is is sort of finding out, I th- I think I think the backlash stuff is a little bit overblown at the moment. I think um, I think that will that will always be there, but I think it won't be such a um, such a focus on it. Um, I think that just because it's the first big game to get some NFTs, that's that's why there's been so much sort of backlash about that um, particular product.
0: Great, yeah, super interesting, and, and and great answer as well on the issues that uh, Ubisoft faced with its community. And indeed, like education is, is gonna be key um, to educate about the benefits of, of blockchain uh, gaming to the existing communities of those gaming giants. Um, when, when, when we talk about blockchain and gaming, we often and quickly talk about play to earn games, but is that the only way blockchain technology can be applied into gaming? What are other advantages blockchain t- technology brings um, to gaming and their business models? yeah
1: <laughs> the whole play to earn thing uh, um i'm actually sort of i mean i think fundamentally play to earn is um you know it is sort of part of any blockchain game in the sense that by interacting in that game or you know doing something in that game depending on what level you are driving value in you know in that game ecosystem um so so you know i think we have to um sort of you know Sort of be be honest and upfront and say you know one of the key things about blockchain is it does it does bring every transaction in that's 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 interacting with a blockchain in a blockchain game has some value attached to it now that value might be tiny you know it might be a millionth of a dollar or something um you yeah, know one of the advantages of, of blockchain is you can suddenly do these micro transactions you know we're seeing this quite a lot on, on the with some Bitcoin sort of payment kind of methods uh, where people are you know throwing you can win like a couple of stats or something like that you know tiny amounts of money um. um but I, th- I think pro- probably one of the problems, one of the sort of things we'll look back on um, for like 2021 is, at the moment, every blockchain game sort of positions itself as a play-to-earn game, which to me suggests that people can sort of come in and play the game and earn, you know, a, you know, a reasonable sum of money. So I guess we've seen with Axie Infinity, people in developing countries earning, depending on the price of the token, you know, ten, ten, you know, twenty um dollars a day or something like that um which is obviously fairly substantial for, for them um, now i think that you know people will always be able to earn a certain amount of money playing a game um, but i think to get to those sort of le- even those sort of levels is um is a peculiarity of Axie infinity and it being the first game and it having this this very strong growth sort of curve over the last kind of few months and i think other games will get to that scale but I'm not terribly convinced that a lot of the games that are positioning themselves as play to earn games will be able to sort of uh, fulfill that, um, fulfill the sort of same model as Axie Infinity, because Axie Infinity has been around for a long time. You know, it's been around four years and it's sort of gone through various stages of development. It wasn't the sort of game that launched with all these tokens, and all these NFTs. It sort of it built up value, you know, slowly over time. Um, and a lot of these other games, I think, are trying to, um, you know, do what Axie Infinity did in four years, they're trying to do it in like four months, you know. And I just don't think from an economic sort of theory point of view that you can sort of build up an economy that lots of people can extract money from, buy a play to earn, um, that is sustainable. So you tend to get these some of these games that they, the token price sort of goes up as people start playing them and then token price goes up really, you know, um, explosively as people start to sort of speculate on 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 these token Prices and then at some point something happens in the economy and then the token price starts going down. Then everyone sort of sells out and you have this sort of typical sort of sort of um, you know pump pump dump sort of sort of graph going on with the token price, which is obviously not <laughs> not sustainable and not good for for anyone. So I do worry a little bit about the play to earn um, sort of positioning of games. I think there are other ways of doing it. So I think you know Black Blanco's block parties is sort of a, the great example of that where there's no there's no sort of cryptocurrency you can earn out, but you can um earn some of these nfts in the game so actually at the moment they just started this week a deal with um amazon prime so if you have an amazon prime account and you create a blanco's block party account or you already have one you can basically go in you can get a free nft um and that NFT is currently selling for like nine dollars on the on the marketplace. So the, the cheapest one, I'm sorry, is nine dollars. Um, so that's not you know that's not enough to sort of anyone to live on. But basically, you're you're getting like a free NFT that you can sell for a certain amount of money. So in a sense, that's play to earn. Um, but it's not play to earn in the same way like you know earning the the smooth love potion in in Blanco's mm-hmm. um, is. So so I think you know say so every blockchain game has play to earn, but play to earn as a sort of Almost like a game design sort of genre, I think is is we'll look back on that, and I hope we'll see that just being like a growing pain that we kind of had, or or like a you know a, a something that everyone talked about because Acting Infinity got big really fast. Um, and as I say, I think in the coming years there'll be games as big as actually out there, um, but I think you have to let them develop their economy in a in a more um, uh, sort of evol- evolutionary manner than a, than sort of a sort of revolutionary trying to sort of force the economy to grow
0: big so people people can make money. Yeah, sustainability. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, super interesting. And and um, yeah, thanks for sharing that vision. I have the feeling that your vision is like six months ahead of everyone else in on, on crypto Twitter, uh, on 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 this blockchain gaming and uh, play <laughs> to earn. So it, it's great to to hear that coming from you here in the, in the that very expert talk. Um, other question: If if you would advise people, uh, the indie game developers of today that are looking into blockchain gaming, what advice would you give them besides the advice of sticking to the community? Having having a lot of interaction with community and don't build things one day to the other. Um, yeah. What other advice would you have? Hmm.
1: That's a, uh, yeah, it's a a difficult one. I mean, I I think, um, I, I think people do have to spend sort of time, you know, you sort of have to clear your diary and, and spend time really, um, you know, on crypto twitter and in the Discords, and just kind of following some projects and kind of getting a feel of how they go about sort of building community so you know it's a dangerous word to use i think because because it's because we use it a lot in in, in blockchain gaming it's, we say it's all about the community and community is is uh is sort of level is like the bottom level it's like a you know layer zero sort of thing um and, and i totally agree that is the case um but then, then it becomes quite hard to give people advice on sort of how to build community that that sort of depends a little bit on or quite a lot on the product so i think that there's a case of if, if people are really i mean i definitely think people should be thinking about this because this is this is where the industry is going um but you do need to sort of really spend weeks and probably months following a lot of these things and trying to get a grip and sort of you know starting to buy nfts and 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 sort of you know having some skin in the game of of, of, of you know what's working and what's not working and i think i think the other thing is and that's something we're still lacking in that not many sort of good game designers have really got their head around what crypto will allow them to do i think they see the fir- the first the first time game designers get into sort of crypto and blockchain they see that it really disrupts a lot of the sort of best practice that they've previously had um in how you design game economies because previously game economies for let's say free to play mobile games have sort of been Sort of you know they've not really mattered that much you've always been able to tweak them and they've you know it's not been real money involved so so there's a certain amount of um sort of flexibility of, whereas blockchain economies tend to be um much more much more important because there is kind of sort of um you know real value attached to them and they are much more um explosive in terms of feedback so if the token starts going up in price then that generally encourages people to like oh what's going on here i'll buy some of that token then the token price goes up and then suddenly you know you you may have not done anything as a designer but suddenly you know thousands of people are sort of buying your token which may not be actually what you want um so i think kind of thinking seriously about an actual game you want to make that uses blockchain in a way that is holistic to the design that you have i think at the moment we're just seeing a lot of people copying Axie Infinity and going right we're going to have a game we're going to have a governance token we're going to have a utility token we're going to have some NFTs and and this is sort of how it's going to work um and the one thing I sort of can guarantee is if you copy Axie Infinity you know you're not going to be successful because Axie Infinity is a very sort of specific product in its time I think um but I think you have to embrace it and and, yeah I think we are seeing with some sort of really sort of interesting uh, and the more you know they're not traditional sort of games but things like sort of parallel um and there's this sort of one that's just launching called saints and sinners we saw sort of like a big sort of game theory prison's dilemma thing going on with nfts and there's some really quite innovative projects that are being sort of worked on um and they're, as, but they're sort of coming they're, they're not really coming from the traditional game space um so, so I, th- I think a, a way of coming up with a, with a an interesting sort of synthesis of what makes it what makes a good traditional game and what levers does blockchain give you in terms of particularly sort of building community and allowing people to to own their stuff in the game and and you know how does that how does that play out and i think more generally over time we're going to see a lot of we're going to we're going to see the the division between i'm a game developer and you're a player that's really gonna um uh, dissolve away i think so you're going to have um as i say different sort of roles in the community so there'll be players there'll be sort of community managers who are also maybe maybe getting maybe they're getting paid something by by a smart contract somewhere and there'll be developers who maybe come on board for a certain period of time and then go off again and much more you know, obviously, it's open source software. So it's much more sort of complicated and it, it won't be a company behind it all taking the money. You know, all these things are sort of up for grabs at the moment. Nice. Um, which makes it then then makes it hard to give sort of clear advice <laughs> because there isn't any.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what, that was already great. Um, yeah, a lot of advice and, and, and I like the, the advice. I, I, maybe I would add um, looking for the, the right network for blockchain technology to build on. Like making the right decision on which network you want to build on for the right reasons, and also look at grants because yeah, the space is like full of grants, uh, which is positive but also, can also be negative. Um, just don't choose for a specific blockchain, just for the grant, um, but if you want to get some help in developing your game, know that there are a lot of blockchains uh, giving out grants to help you uh, building those. Um, going to metaverses, so I'm, I'm like just throwing in buzzwords uh, with play to earn blockchain gaming and now metaverses. But metaverses, um, will gaming be the biggest use case for metaverses in 2022 or what other use cases do you see from yeah okay from a blockchain gaming standpoint but what other use cases do you see for the metaverse yeah
1: uh, i would mean, I have to say i'm not entirely convinced that i have a good definition of what a metaverse sort of actually is so it's sort of a bit dangerous to um, to talk about them um i i guess i would say trying to be a bit more specific that you know we already have you know certain projects that i guess are the closest that we that, that you know we have to metaverses so i i guess sort of Decentraland land is one that's been around um for a while now um Som- somnium space and i guess the one i'm more, most interested in from that point of view is, is is the sandbox um and i guess the sandbox is is slightly more focused on games than something like decentraland um i mean decentraland you can sort of build what you want in there um and we're starting to see some interesting sort of um stuff going on there with people building offices and art galleries and and um that sort of thing in there um i I think the the problem i've had with those sort of metaverses in the past is there because you can do anything in there there tends to be not a lot of focused activity in there which is i think has meant there's there's not really been a good reason to go into those metaverses i think something like the sandbox which is much more game focused i mean the team behind it made you know, sort of user generated content, mobile games. That's what they've done for the last sort of 10 years. So they're coming out at it from the game side. And and while you can just make experiences in the sandbox, although it's not live yet, but you, um, people are sort of building those um, mm-hmm. to be plugged in when it does go live. Yeah, the sort of the key thing is, it's very much like a, a, a sort of a game maker type experience when you're making things there. So it's much more like a Minecraft sort of Roblox thing where you can build these little interactive experiences. They're not big games necessarily, um, but you can build little things in there. So that that to me is, is sort of a, a good sort of first combination of it has enough openness, I think, for it for it for it to be you know correctly described, at least for me as a metaverse. Um, because people can just build, yeah, you know, people can just buy land, and we're seeing, you know, people like Adidas just come in and buy land and and smart um uh, board 8 yacht club and some of these other sort of um sort of crypto communities buying land there and then building their own buildings or their own experiences in there um the walking dead is another sort of big one who are doing that um and i think that's yeah i I wouldn't say you know the sandbox is is the fulfillment of what a metaverse will be i mean it's definitely not that but i think for me that's the first when that launches hopefully i assume in 2022 um uh kind of when it launches fully and you can people can just like turn up and and walk around these worlds that'll be that, that to me will give the first um, sort of concrete experience of what of what you know some of the key things that a metaverse would have that it would be open that you know anyone can come in and experience it that it has some sort of payment system that that the people who are creating this sort of stuff automatically can generate money from it without having to go through sort of you know the traditional banking system and also that there's some sort of way that sort of emergent behavior can happen so people I imagine in the sandbox will just throw, sort of throw parties for for different things, and, and, and yeah, it's not going to be the sandbox dev team has to organize everything. Yeah, you know, the people will just be doing their own things in there. So I think that'll be to me a first, the first sort of interesting um, foot into the metaverse. And obviously, you know, there are much more um, ambitious sort of plans. I guess, I guess. For some of us, when we think of the metaverse, we think about you know, putting on VR headsets and those people are building out those things as well. So I, th- yeah. I think that's just harder to do from a, from a tech point of view. But um, the sandbox is one I'm really interested in. It. And that will be very game focused, I think. I think for me, that's the, the biggest thing with metaverses is what do you do in them? That's sort of the problem. And obviously games aren't everything. There's lots of other things we do in the world, so it's not games. But um, I think games are a good starting point. Yeah. So, to kind of build community
0: cool yeah it makes total sense we, we don't have much time left um john so I'm, I'm just i have two more questions that i really want to ask you um one is and you touched upon um in, in your previous answer that was adidas and uh board board API yacht club um partnering and, and buying land land in the sandbox and now we also saw that nike and uh, artifact artifact partners why why do you think that those brands are so interested in nft projects and do you think that those big brands will also partner with a gaming nft or nft game project
1: um i mean i think um it's been one of the surprising things to me that brands you know have been so um sort of active in getting into blockchain um so I have sort of thought about this a little bit and sort of spoken to some people and, and it's I, I think it, it actually is quite radical that, you know, at this point, you know, b- before sort of blockchain, you know, brands were having to, you know, deal with sort of traditional advertising. And traditional advertising is sort of quite disruptive. That's basically, you know, you're sort of doing something, you're watching TV or you're, you know, reading a magazine, and basically you get interrupted by some advertising. Um to sort, you know, and that's sort of how how that model's worked for, you know, for for decades. Um clearly with sort of digital stuff that's sort of good for brands in the sense that um you know the, fa- the fashion brands can make these incredible um sort of costumes that they just they, they they're just digital so you can you can make one you can make as many as you want there's no there's no sort of bill of bill of a uh, um sort of material you don't have to get craftsmen to do all this sort of stuff so, so there's a sort of fantastical element in which they can you know, gucci or Dolce and can build out these incredible things that just look, you know, people just, just like look at those and go, why, would I want, will, why wouldn't I want, I wouldn't want to wear that on my avatar in, in the metaverse. So, so I think there's an exciting point of view from that point of view. Um, but I also think from when you start to think about, you know, what brands want to do, I mean, brands don't really want to interrupt what you're doing to show you an advert, but brands sort of, you know this is sort of a terrible term to use, but people, you know, brands want to be part of sort of the user experience, they want to be part of people's experiences. And suddenly, you know, I think with, with things like metaverses, they can sort of start to do that. So, you know, the fact that Nike bought a NFT sort of creative company that made sneakers, you know, is sort of makes total sense because Nike is a, if people are in the metaverse, Nike want them to wear Nike shoes. Um, everyone you know, nike is a brand that people love so 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 why wouldn't you and you can imagine nike doing sort of airdrops to people or you know doing there's lots of ways in which these brands can now interact in these um in these sort of you know, digital experiences and they can earn money by selling things but they can also sort of give stuff away and because it's NFTs, the people that can sell them on and and it just becomes a much more holistic way of um you know brands interacting with with users i think it becomes harder for things like Obviously a lot of advertising is for things like you know food. <laughs> so, you know, that's obviously harder, <laughs> harder for, for uh, I know Burger King to make us want to buy burgers in the metaverse. But <laughs> um so I think there there are some elements around that, but partic- particularly like the high end fashion stuff and, and the very high end consumer sort of focused brands, you know, the metaverse for them is actually gives them a much um uh more positive um sort of situation, I think, than, than they have in, in, in the real world. So I think that's why they've been so active there.
0: Cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and didn't Burger King do? I, I know that in Belgium, Burger King, or maybe it was not a burger brand, they um, had their recipe on um, audio, and that was like... I, I, I think, think you're right, yes. Yeah, and then Pepsi Pepsi did uh, one uh, as well. So yeah, indeed, many brands are coming, and I and, and love your um, yeah, saying that, that it's to be part of the experience of, of their audience and, and their users, and it makes total sense indeed. Um, Last question. Do you have any bold predictions uh, when it comes to blockchain gaming for uh, next year or maybe years after?
1: Uh, Bold predictions. Um, Yeah. Um, I mean, when when I've thrown around um, a lot, um, I'm not sure how bold it is. Um, So (laughs) at the moment, the sort of game, the game sector is generally seems to be about sort of an so annual revenue of about 200 billion dollars that's sort of roughly i mean obviously it's an estimate but that's roughly how big the games market is so at the moment that's how much money everyone playing games in different forms sort of gives to people who make games that's sort of the flow of the flow of, sort of revenue every of, of year so that's you know that's a fairly large amount of money and obviously with blockchain games what happens is a little bit different because um, while some money will go direct from say kind of players to developers because there'll be nft drops or primary drops you know over time most of the money actually kind of cycles between uh players because you know i have an nft and i put it on a marketplace and you buy it off me and yeah you know, developer will get maybe five percent that's sort of sort of, a, sort of the, the margin they, they tend to go for but 95 percent obviously goes between us so so i sell you an nft you get the nft i get 95 percent of, of the money so so we get so the the, the model is quite different economically so I think quite quickly um we go from like a 200 billion dollar sort of games market to like a one trillion dollars of transactional value so obviously that's a bit different because that money is sort of yeah. recycling around because i might sell a thousand dollar nft to you and then you might sell that nft a thousand dollars to someone else and so in terms of transactional value that's two thousand dollars has sort of happened even though there's only one nft so, so it's a slightly different model but i do kind of think that's something not so much a prediction but that's that's sort of something, a benchmark I'm sort of looking for to, nice. to, to you know, at what point is the game, does the games market sort of switch? And we, we stop talking about money, you know, the, sort of the value of the market. And we start talking about sort of transactional value of the market, which is just a different way of thinking about it. Um, and I think, I mean, a trillion dollars is just like a nice round number. But, but I th- you know, I think that can happen fairly quickly. I mean, I would be surprised if in five years time, we're not sort of at that level, um, to be
0: honest nice awesome yeah that's a great prediction um and pretty bold but indeed yeah the volume is, is is different than today's volume we need to see things in a different way um thank you so much um again last question but this is really the last one who should we get on uh the next as next guest on our podcast if you had to choose someone for us <laughs>
1: uh, um so the, the people that I've mentioned, or the projects I've mentioned, uh, the Sandbox, I think, is going to be really big in 2022. So maybe Sebastian um, from the Sandbox, who who you, uh, I think, know. I don't know if you've had him on already. Yeah. Um, had him, yeah. He'd be one. Um, and actually, you've had him on already. Okay, you're, you're ahead of the game. Um, and actually, one, um, partly because I've been talking about advertising, and partly I've just, I've just done a podcast with him today, actually. So there's a guy called Sam Huber from AdMix. And uh, they're really at the forefront of doing this sort of nFT advertising kind of kind of platform stuff. So um he's he yeah, he's really sort of charismatic and really sort of into um, this new sort of kind of world of sort of you know, why why advertising is going to be really cool in in the metaverse. so he he's someone I would
0: recommend. Awesome. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, John, for uh, letting us pick your brain and uh, for all those great answers on the questions. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm wishing you a good out of the year, And I'm also wishing you a lot of time, time that you can uh, spend discovering new blockchain games for us. And um, yeah, I, w- I would say to everyone that doesn't follow John yet on Twitter, do so and also subscribe to his uh, newsletters, even the weekly one, uh, that's a free one, if I'm correct. It's, it's, it's just great. The content in it is great. So, thank you so much, John, for being here with us today.
1: Lovely. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed that. Sorry for the connection problems.
0: <laughs> no worries. Great. Bye bye. The next talk will be in two weeks. Um, and that talk would be with Arun, um, Arul, sorry, from Polytrade. And we're going to talk about real world businesses navigating the crypto space and assets. So, that's going to be super interesting as well. Um, just before new year's eve uh, make sure to join us in a conversation on uh, social as well and if you have any questions prepare them and post them in the chat thank you and see you next time